All right, welcome to uh, episode number 49 of the Stick to Hockey podcast. I guess the next one we should have some sort of party. Yeah. What do we do? What is I don't the 50th know. anniversary? What's the budget for this show? Um, if the party is commensurate to the budget, <laughs> there will be no party or... <laughs> and there is no budget. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. if somebody wants to have us out for the fiftieth, yeah, come episode on, show, we, let's we'll have a party, poolside or something. Let's do it. All right, that's Russ Cohen. Give him a follow on Twitter <laughs> at Sportsology. Check out the website at Sportsology.com. Not at Sportsology. I always do that. Sportsology.com. Yes. Twitter is at Sportsology. Yes. I'm Jason Martinez at Jason Mert on Twitter and the podcast at Stick to Hockey Pod. Uh, we're in the middle of the Stanley Cup final. It is tied two two. We got so much to get into today. I do, I do have to mention this, listeners. Who, if whoever taught you cursive or how to write in school should be shot, you write like a serial killer. Well, I'm just jotting down some notes. Uh, it's pretty. That's not it's cursive. Disturbing. By the way. I know. Is it's my not. handwriting so bad it looks like cursive? It, yeah, like that. <laughs> that ducks. That almost looks like a cursive D. Yeah, yeah. it's loopy. It's loopy. Okay. Yeah, well, I just did four hours of radio, so I'm a little loopy. <laughs> um, and by the way, we'll get to, uh, people tweeted in questions. So I sent out a, a tweet last night. Uh, we're here on what Tuesday, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of good questions that we'll get to, including one that I think we may fight to answer, or yeah. we may just both answer it regarding Eric Carlson. And oddly enough, we won't fight over the answer. No, probably not. I think we're on the same page. Um, but let's start with uh, the Cup final, two-two uh, after four. This has been a weird series because after Game One, it was. Oh, uh, well, the Bruins are just going to outclass. Yeah, yeah. They're going to sweep them. St. Louis. And then St. Louis ties it. Well, St. Louis is dictating now. They're way too physical. They'll win the series in five. Okay. It's 2-2 after four. Dream scenario for the NHL. And now it's the best out of three. I mean, let's be fair to the to the media out there and say, we know you want seven games. Mm-hmm. I want seven games. So that's why we always hear this crazy revolving narrative. Yep. But... I expected it to be seven games at the onset. Like, I expected a good, tough series. It is a series of attrition, though. These injuries are starting to pile up, and they are making a big difference. You know, yep. They you, won a Chara last night. Yeah, Chara, I think he's got a broken jaw or a hairline fracture or something. Mm-hmm. He didn't do any talking. He was very still. Five. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he's playing five. I would be yeah. shocked if he plays five. He By probably way, doesn't need to play five, to be honest. Yeah, at home. Right. Yeah. He probably should not play him in that game. Except for the fact that... In a 2-2 series, Game 5 is so big. It is, but, but <laughs> yeah. they're veterans, and they sort of know where yeah. they're at. And, and they're going to go seven defensemen, if that's the case, and go Camper and Urho Vakanen, who I'm very high on. Mm-hmm. I think he did find her in the regular season until he got concussed. Uh, how about that team? They've had injuries. They've dealt with them, and they just keep plowing. They have, but, but now they're at a spot where in that game, late in the game, they missed Chara. Well, we have to realize when that game was tied and they were on the penalty kill, they were missing them, man. That's yep. when all of a sudden there were some times where, you know, late in the game, you're you're looking for that stalwart defenseman just around the net. They didn't really have it. Yeah. And, and Grizzly being out hurts them, too, just mobility and shot-wise. Sure. So, on the other side, Vince Dunn came back, but I also want to be fair about guys coming back with a wired jaw shut. Like, you're losing weight every day, no matter how many shakes you're taking. You cannot put enough in your body. You can't. So, yeah. that's, that's a guarantee. So, I knew he would come out like a house on fire. He did. He helped on that first goal, which was a freaky goal. But... He still played twelve and a half yeah. minutes, and I think, yeah, and I think that's what is going to happen. But he's still better than Bertuzzo, so whatever. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. So now, when you look at the teams as banged up as they are, it does really look like it's going to go seven. Yeah, and you know the amazing thing is, and the reason why we should have all known this is the ability of the St. Louis Blues to bounce back after losses. Well, really, that stat January. is there, but that stat wasn't a Stanley Cup stat, and so I'll, yeah, it's different. I yeah. was of the belief that hey, I got to see it in the Stanley Cup. 
and then I'll believe the stat. And I'm a huge proponent of Bennington, which c- clearly you're not. No, I and, am. No, but I just don't think he's been very good in oh, the no, cup final. Right, right. Well, I mean, look, he, said, he set a bar for himself that was really high. Okay, but I, I think, don't think he's I met think it in the final. I think you've set that bar for him, and a lot of fans have. Every time he gives up a questionable goal, I get a text from different people, right? Mm-hmm. But every goalie gives up a questionable goal in the playoffs. Every one of them. Yeah, but not in multiple games. No, they That's do. That's where it can happen. No, they do in multiple games, I think. Uh, rest? Yeah, actually, there's one less, game. Yes, there's only one. When though, he got beat blockers but, high three but times. we have to be fair and say this is the best hockey Rask has played in his life. Totally agree. You know, maybe and 2013, some people scream out, hey, 2013. And this it's his con smite to lose. It is his con smite to there's lose. There's no question about it. Look, I know... <laughs> He's a little bit of a surly guy at times and stuff, and you'd love to give it to a guy like Bergeron who may set a playoff record for power play goals. And a really smart play last night. And that two-on-one shorthanded when he gets that pass yeah. from Marshan. And we'll talk about why that wasn't all sides in a second. Okay. Um, to, to have that shot, he knows he's not scoring on that shot. Right. He is aiming for the goaltender's left pad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what he knows that Bennington did not is that Carlo is driving the net like a house on fire. Right. And that where that you, that is very hard to control that but rebound. That, but that's the whole point. You can't Sadly blame play. that goal on him. No, I don't blame that one on him. He he covered the five hole like mm-hmm. you're supposed to. A pro Bergeron's a pro, so he went yep. for it like you said. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew it was going to probably go feed out on a rebound and it did. That's on the St. Louis defense. Like the yep. St. Louis defense, it's has really to, on their on one of their forwards too. Yeah, well, because playing they got to recognize that Carlo's busting up the Correct. ice, and that center or that winger on that side of the ice has got to get back yeah. and pick up that man. And they just they That's got true. caught on the power play, looking at the other end of the ice. They did thinking but, about a goal. But look, the Bruins were standing around, and Tarasenko snuck into the middle of the ice on a rebound and got it in. Mm-hmm. Does, O'Reilly did too. I know. How does Tarasenko get in the middle like that? Tarasenko should never be there. No, with nobody on. Him. Right, never. We because say that what happens and, and when he, he does. Was. Oh, I yeah. know. He was untouched. By the way, he uh, grew up playing sports. You always play with a guy that was like a really good athlete, but a bit of a lunkhead. Yeah, I don't know if he's a lunkhead or not. But his hair is always so messed up. Yeah, yeah. Like he just doesn't care about it. I yeah. love. It. <laughs> no, no. I don't. I don't think he's a lunkhead. But I, you know, it's hard to interview him a long time because his English isn't great. But yeah. I don't think he's a lunkhead. Okay, so it's two two now, and, we, and we're both. Look, I just don't think that Bennington's been great. Okay, you know, and he set a, a really high bar, and I set a high bar for him too. Um, but there's a couple goals that I haven't liked, especially through the five hole. Okay, but how about the one last night where he almost gloved it? Like that was that's this, the shorthanded goal. Yeah, that yeah. shorthanded goal. Like got a he, piece of it. He got a piece of that. Like a lot of goalies would yeah. not get a piece of that. Yeah, the only we have to acknowledge. You that. know, it's funny when I saw the goal go in and I saw that he got, especially the goal cam. Yeah, I go. There's only one goalie in the world that would have stopped that, and he had to be in his prime to do it. And it was Jonathan Quick, right? Because he's the only guy that would have the explosion to yes. get there, yeah, and have the athleticism yep. to make that save. It's a hard, that's save. a hard save, yeah. man. And he was close. Yeah, I mean, maybe Flurry makes that save. Yeah, too, maybe he's an explosive guy too. If he's playing not incredibly aggressive and out where he's right. going to travel right. further right. distance. Um, but so far, the, your thoughts on the Cup final? I, th- I think it's been other than really Game Three. It's been really good hockey. No, it's been Physical. really good hockey. I mean, I was at the first two in Boston. I really enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the look. I mean, some of the off day stuff, Baruby, he was giving us the same pablum he was giving us in Philly at times, mm-hmm. where you were hoping to get something out of him when he was off the record. On the record, he wasn't saying much until yeah. he finally complained about the referee, which I thought was a bad time to do it, actually, mm-hmm. but it didn't hurt him. So, whatever may have been right. He pushed all the right buttons this offseason. Some of the right buttons. He finally made some adjustments mm-hmm. in last game with like Zach Sanford, where 
Cassidy was out playing with a bit. Now, Cassidy's a different kind of guy because he really – he's pretty honest all the time, although – it's, it turns out he was on, like, repeat mode for yeah. some of these off-day things, too. But I, I've enjoyed the athleticism of the goalies. The goalies have been, to me, they've both been top-notch. And Rask, this is the Rask that I always thought he could be. I've covered him back. Frankly, you know. he's been this a lot. He has been this a lot. <laughs> you know? and But but fans have never always seen it. Especially let's, up there. Let's be fair like that. You know, Jaden Schwartz, this is the Jaden Schwartz I always wanted to see because, mm. you know, he's healthy right now and he's yep. playing his best hockey. Tarasenko, nobody's, you know, talking about trading Tarasenko. After last night, nobody will ever talk about trading Peter Angelo again, playing like nope. 30 minutes, making unbelievable plays. Yeah, Pareko woke up finally because on the off day. His mobility to me is astounding. On one of the off days, Love it. I felt like when he was sort of saying not everybody was their best, I was like, you were, well, he was one of them. Oh, yeah. And so I think he has picked up his play. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of great things that way, and, and that's nice for both fan bases. And look, there were a lot of Bruins fans and media that were like, no, 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 this is not going to be a sweep. But there was a little bit of an undercurrent from some of them yeah. thinking, oh, look, we're going to just roll. And it's like, no, I mean, that wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to happen. I think now because of the injuries, yeah, we're, we're looking at seven, but this has been one of the better cup finals in recent memory. Yeah, and pending these last three games, it could turn into a classic. Cup final. I just want to, you yeah. know, for you, well, grammar, because, for you grammar freaks out there, that just slipped. Well, well the reason I think it could be really great is the level of vitriol and physicality that's in this yes. in this series in particular, which is something we don't see in the game at nearly the levels we used to. No, and that's and that's fair, and we have been seeing it, and from a bunch of a host of a different players. So yeah, it's been great. I mean, I mean the hits with with Bacchus and yeah. I mean you're talking but, big but, but bodies guess, but, here. But that Bacchus contract, I was just looking at something oh, yeah. the other day. He's got two more years at six per. Mm. All he can do is hit and be around the net. Mm. Like there's not much he's else. He's a good he can guy do. in this role in the playoffs. Oh, he's a great guy yeah. for the moment, but for the rest of the year, not so much. Somebody asked me, they said, you know, based on the way this these playoffs have been and the teams that have forged their way forward, um, are teams going to consider how they do build their teams now? Because we've gotten to this mentality of it's all speed and skill and you don't need size. Well, BS, because the teams like, like San Jose, watching that game too, yeah. is going, they just did this to us for six games. I mean, we took a beating. I think you always wanted to have that blend. I don't think it yeah. was ever one way or the other. It was the other 15 years ago. Yeah. But I think now you do have to have that blend. You can't have just speed yeah. and skill because there will be a different game in the playoffs, and you will have to have some bigger, stronger players to s- supplement it. There's yep. just no way around that. I mean, that's that's where our game is. But, no, it's it, it's been fabulous. I mean, there's so many. Probably the most unheralded guy is Sean Corrales. He's, he's yeah. still only making 1.275 for the next two years, man. Unreal with Don Sweeney's on earth some of these guys. Noah Chari. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's um, they've done a great job. And they, they've responded when they've been injured, too, which is impressive. Yep. Um, can we revisit the Ryan O'Reilly trade real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Um, because it was a stunning trade um, in the offseason last year. And you, you know how... At the end of that season in Buffalo, O'Reilly, I mean, he said some things, and I, and I appreciate his honesty in what he said, that he, like, lost the desire. It wasn't fun. Right. He wasn't pushing it to the next level because things were toxic in Buffalo. Yeah, he time. was questioning the winning yeah. attitude or He's lack of it. He crossroads in his career, frankly. Yeah, he was. And that was why I, when you talk about this deal, I supported the deal because I was like, you know what? That was bad timing to make that go public. It could end up at the time I'm going, well, it looks really lopsided in Jason Bottrell's favor. Yeah. But because you didn't know what O'Reilly was going to be going forward. Correct. 
Um, and he with, was tremendous last night, by the way. Oh, House on fire, man. It, he's been really good in these playoffs. He has. I mean, I talked to Ron Hextall a couple of years ago when he was still with the Flyers, and he had just had him in the Worlds. Yeah. And he raved about Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, just well, you always love this. Personal. You always love this defensive game and faceoffs, yep. but but he does have more to him than that, and he showed that like last night. Yeah. So so the trade goes down, and it's a first in 2019. So in this draft, a second in 2021. Tage Thompson, um, Saboka, and Berglund for Ryan O'Reilly and Tyler Bozak. Right. So this is a good hockey trade. It is a good hockey trade. Like you didn't know what was going to happen with Berglund. Mm-hmm. Right, you just didn't. You couldn't know. foresee. It. You couldn't foresee that. Yeah. So that was kind of a freaky thing. You know, he's not going to be with them. Fine. Tage Thompson was never going to be a superstar, but he is a big centerman mm-hmm. who can play a little bit, or he plays the wing, depending on how you want to use him. He could play either. He's pretty good. I mean, he might get 15 goals in the league. So, okay, you have that. So, so Boca, they did expect to get more out of him because mm-hmm. he can be the Sean Avery agitating type and get some scoring in. He did practically nothing. Like, I don't know what his point totals were this year, but I know he was very disappointing. And yeah. so, yeah. They As got, were the the team. Yeah, they got killed on the trade. Yeah. They did. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, you know, to, to, to make that trade, and even Bozak, you, you make that trade, and to see what they're doing with the, the St. Louis Blues, you're going, wow. Man, you almost want to kick yourself right square in your own skull with your own foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you could. Uh, and at the time, too, I'm looking at a tweet from Pierre Lebrun at the time when the deal happened. And he said, impressive haul by Jason Bottrell. Yeah, I mean. And it was a that, haul. It was a haul. It just wasn't impressive it wasn't a year later. with the success that O'Reilly yeah. and Bozak are having. Yeah. Uh, very interesting stuff. Um, let's get to the Kevin Hayes deal. Yeah. Because uh, this breaks last night. The Flyers acquire the rights to Kevin Hayes. Um and now they have the exclusive period to negotiate with him before his uh, unrestricted free agency begins. I guess technically that would end on the 23rd yeah. when teams can begin to, in essence, tamper. Yeah. Um, so they have this window of time from now until then. Do they get a deal done? I mean, I'm 70% that they do. Mm-hmm. But again, we have to remember Kevin Hayes didn't get a deal done with Chicago. That's why they dealt him. The Rangers tried First to— First round pick, 24th overall, I believe. Yeah, Rangers tried to talk to him. They didn't get a deal done. They mm-hmm. traded him. It's not a guarantee. I'm sure the Flyers feel like there's a good chance or they wouldn't give a, a that, that fifth. Back channels. Yeah. Too. yeah. And look, a fifth is not a big deal. They have a lot of picks this year's draft. So mm-hmm. that's fine. I think what they did was right. I talked about this before. He'd be a great fit at 2C. You've been talking about this for since they hired Elaine Vigneault. Yes. Because I felt like he played well for Vigneault. Maybe even I, prior. Yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah. I, I might have been a little prior, but who knows? But it's been around then. But the idea is, I know a lot of Ranger fans didn't like the way Vigneault used Hayes, but he still got a lot of use out of him. Mm-hmm. Hayes got a little more use away from Vigneault only because the Rangers had changed. The opportunity became greater because they were stripping down the team. There were a lot of young guys. All of a sudden, he's one of the veteran guys. He got more opportunity. Yeah. So I think that helped, too. But, but Kevin Hayes, 50 points a year for sure. He going to give you between 18 and 22 goals. Big, fast guy. Yep. He will get you 18 to 20-something goals. He's very good on face-offs now. He's really worked on that. His hockey sense used to be really lousy. Now it's pretty good. I mean, there were some bad plays yeah. over the years. But he's made fewer and fewer Sometimes it takes a player some time yeah. to crack the code on that. Yeah, and, and, and he matured on that. But he is a pretty gifted playmaker with great vision that – when it hits, you could see him make some great stretch passes. Yep. He will sometimes make a pass that you didn't see or think was possible. So if you got him with boost the, a PP two, you know maybe you put him with Voracek. Maybe you know that 
that really opens things up for both of those guys. That could be a, a nice thing. You know, I think there's a lot of possibility there, but he would be the 2C for sure, and Nolan Patrick would be the 3C. All right, so let's get into the cost. Yeah. If you want to keep him, and you want to keep him from going to the open market, right. so you, where he's the number two ranked center available in an unrestricted free agency, yeah. what's, the, what's the price? Well, and, and what I want to preface is, I think when you're getting him like this, he's looking to get something extra, because otherwise... He'll just go free agency, right? I mean, and the Flyers know you have to give something extra, right? In this scenario, he doesn't owe anything to the Flyers, no. So or Elaine Vigno, right? So I, I look at it and I say it's probably an extra year and maybe a little extra on on the uh, term. So half a million, uh, yeah, per, per maybe year. a half a million per. So I think it's like six and a half by six. Okay. Uh, my original thought last night was five times five seven five, uh, but then when I really looked at the percentage of cap in the rising cap, that's what you have to consider. Sometimes we look at the number. Right. And go, he's not a $6 million player. Well, well, yeah, five years ago he wasn't. Like, you looked at JVR's contract. Right. And when I looked up at that contract upon further review, I'm going percentage of the cap. That's like a $4.5 million contract four or five years Correct. ago. No, you're, you're right so, about that. That's yeah. a great point. It's percentage of cap that it you is. have to consider. Um, it's not necessarily the number they're getting paid. Um, to, to me, here's the big factor. The Flyers don't make this deal unless they are... certain. And here's why. Because if the first deal of the offseason for Chuck Fletcher, now, and he really, he was really patient during the season, didn't do a lot of, I mean, he basically just carried away Wayne Simmons, a couple little deals here and there. Um, If his first deal is one where he, even a fifth round pick, and he gets nothing out of it, the optics of that look like, oh my God, this guy made a deal and they couldn't even sign the guy. What are you doing? You don't give up any assets. I know it's a fifth rounder, but you still don't give up anything unless you know. So now it's happened before where you've traded for the rights of a guy and you haven't been able to sign him. Yeah. But I think that they have to feel really comfortable. And the fact that he played for Vino, there has to be some kind of knowledge that he's fine playing for him again. I'm sure there is, but again, they still have to hammer out the numbers, right? Now, the downside of this. I think they've hammered out the numbers. Okay. (laughs) The downside of this, though, is. This now pushes the Provorov deal off even further, mm-hmm. which hasn't been done yet. Because you have a you have a deadline on this, and it never gets right, and it never gets talked about, and I just don't know. Well, you're nervous about this Provorov deal. Well, it was because Ron Hextall, yeah, Ron Hextall worked started working on it, mm-hmm. and we're going to get into in this this episode are the RFAs, and look. There are a ton. I don't recall an RFA class like this ever. Yeah, no, it's a it's a ton. I mean, it is. There is going to be a lot of money spent, and there's going to be more than one guy that goes in close to December first again, like William Nylander, right? Did, and doesn't have a contract, and that's not good for anyone. But yeah, I don't know if there'll be a ton of them, but there might there be, might a be few. more than one. Yeah, I yep. could say that. I think that's fair. Um, uh, so so you're thinking six by six and six, a half. Six, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, well, I don't know what people are going to think about that, but again, remember. When you hear the six and a half, you didn't give up any assets either. That's the other thing. Now, if you want to go out and you want to make a trade for your two C, now you have to give up assets. You haven't given up an asset yet, so you still have a ton of ec- trade equity. Correct, because you haven't given up picks, you haven't given up prospects, right? Nothing or rostered player. But I've potentially added to my roster in yeah. a big in a big position. Okay, let's make the assumption he is out of the roster. He's your two okay. C. Okay. Nolan Patrick goes to three C. Right. What an advantageous position for a guy that scored 13 goals in each of his first two seasons. Yeah. Now he goes to a guy that can all of a sudden, with those matchups, he's going to be a 20-plus goal scorer. I'd say he's 22 to 25. Yeah, I think that's fair. And in and year three, it's time for him to make the jump. Yeah. 
That's that's all fair. I a lot of injuries. When, he's had but, injuries, yeah. and I think he was a little full of himself last year. I think he needs to mm-hmm. be humbled a little bit. Two hundred foot game got a lot better last year. It did, especially it did. under Scott Gordon, and, and he definitely was physical. I just think if he gets humbled a little bit by going three C, it'll help him. Yeah. That and Elaine Vigneault. Oh yeah, will humble him. Oh yeah, you can count on that. No, I think, no, that, I think that's it's a, a guarantee. Big thing right there. Absolutely. All right, so we like the deal. Yes, we like Kevin Hayes. Yep. Um, the money that uh, people say, well, why not wait? Just wait to free agency and go after Matthew Shane. He's a better player. Eight and a half million. You got to pay that for like six years. Yeah, you're looking at two, two plus million more dollars. Yeah. On what well, you may have to go seven. Yeah. You, and you have might have to go seven. Yeah. On a guy that look, he had a good playoff, um, and he's very talented. He's but not a great it. center. He's not a great center. No. But let's face it too. There's been a lot of baggage in his career. There's a lot to there follow has. him around. I still like him. I still. Think very highly of him. The speed is great. I don't love him. And and the goals. The speed's great, and the goal scoring's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. But again, he's he's not great two hundred foot. He's not great on faceoffs. He's a little below average on faceoffs. I, I would rather have Hayes just for the money, like the difference in the money. Okay, uh, real quick too, before we move on uh, to a bunch of other things and questions from uh, the audience uh, through Twitter, um, did you see? I guess it was like two weeks ago that on Elliot Friedman's Thirty One Thoughts, Rick Wilson who came in to assist, assist Dave Hackstall yeah. um, and then eventually stay on with Scott Gordon. Uh, Elliot talked to him and talked about his time with the Flyers. He's not coming back, and he's fine. Right. He's going back into retirement. So there's no ill will or anything there. But he did discuss a couple of the players. Let me read a couple of things yeah, to you. Yeah, go ahead. He said, uh, Ivan Provorov was mentally affected by trying to secure a big second contract, to your point. Um, he said, I don't know if the contract bothered him or if he was being pushed to get more offense to help that. Instead of letting it happen with his natural gifts, he was forcing it a bit. And when that happens, you start to overdo it. You're never going to be perfect, but that makes it worse. Less is more. Let the puck do the work and catch up to it I, instead I, of you doing the work. I think there's a little bit of that, and then there was just that complete not meshing of him and Gostaspear. I think both of those things probably got to mm-hmm. him. And, and the multiple partners. And, and, the multiple and not partners. having a veteran partner Correct. for the most part as well. Talked about uh, Travis Sanheim, left shot, who was moved to the right side. Said he was very good in moving to the right side. Yep. Gave him a lot to chew on. And he was very impressive. I, I don't see no reason yep. to nope, doubt any true. of that. Nope. Uh, talked about Radko Gudis and how he stayed within himself because he walks that fine line. Yep. Um, talked about Sam Moran and Philip Myers both being ready. Well, I agree uh, on one, I don't agree on the other. Let's hold, let's, that's where we stop the bus. Do we part ways here? Yeah, yeah. Who's getting off the bus, me or you? <laughs> I'm driving the damn bus. No, no, no. We're, <laughs> we're both going to be on the bus. I'm saying for Rick to stop the bus because yeah. one of them, yes, Philip Myers is ready. Sam Moran has not proven he's even close to ready. No yeah, offense to Sam. You and I are, you sit right next to me on the bus. Yes. We're driving this bus together. We are. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I saw nothing last year that makes me think so. I mean, what do you do with this guy at this point? Well, you're hoping that you can get seven, eight minutes every once in a while as a defenseman to sort of, like, shake things up and be very physical and maybe even fight. I mean, do you put him on the Flyers roster? Probably. Why? Because Paul Holmgren likes him. Why? Because Paul Holmgren drafted him. I can find him. six guys better. Listen, you could talk about what reality is and what should be done. Holmgren, he's a Holmgren guy. He liked get... him. He drafted him. He pushed him. He's going to make sure he plays for the Flyers. Okay. You watch. If they're going to add a veteran D, which we all believe they will, whether right. that's Truba or Jared Spurgeon or whoever, why am I to believe that? I mean, where's the, the numbers game doesn't add up for him. It doesn't matter. Sometimes the numbers game doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I cut bait. There's no trade value. No. But... I don't see any. Scenario. They even signed him to an extension. Let's for not forget yeah, that. But that was before his last injury. Right? I, well, whatever. I mean, come on. Like it is what it is. I mean, but he's enough gonna, already. He they was drafted, are going to. The kid was drafted when I was a sophomore in high school. 
they are for going, God's sake. They are going to justify this, and you're older than that. Yeah, well, he keeps <laughs> trying to justify it like he's pronger. And, like, let's let – Right. See, a good manager – and I love Paul Holmgren, but a good manager goes – I admit my mistake and I move on. I know. Let's move on here. Let's stop they wasting They still our see the inertia. big body and him crushing guys in the corner, and, mm-hmm. and they like that. Okay. And look, you can never have enough depth at defense, so mm-hmm. we do know that. The one guy I didn't mention was Shane Gostaspare. Yeah. Um, so Elliot brought him up. Yeah. And he said that he was a little disappointed he couldn't help him more and kind of got into some details that, you know, they weren't on the same page and— this is now multiple coaches with this same kind of messaging regarding mm. 53. I think this is partly Rick's fault. I do. Yeah? You, yeah, because I think you know what Shane Gossespierre is. You can't change him at this point. You can't. Wasn't it they were going to take the handcuffs off? Yes. Well, then I'm, I'm confused. Well, did they ever fully take the handcuffs off? I don't think so. Well, I mean, maybe they took him off for a period of time, but they didn't like what they saw. You had to put him back on. His shot was off last year. We could all admit that. He missed the net too many times. And there's no core injury to blame that on this year. No. No, no. I think that part, his first half of the year was lousy. Mm-hmm. I felt like he did get better in the second half of the year. And to be honest, I felt like he was better when old Rick was gone. Okay. All right. Well, well you know, to me, he's the prime candidate to be traded this offseason. Th- we talked about this in a previous episode. That I thought maybe Elaine Vigneault coming here would be him saying, let me get a run with this kid. Yeah. Let me see what I can do with him. Um, but I no longer believe that's the case. Yeah. Um, I'm not reporting but that. But I do think Gus Spiel will be better. I've heard some things in regards to him. And as a matter of fact, he did make it onto TSN's trade bait list, which we'll get into in a second. That's fine. I, I think he'll be better. I think he'll be better without 37 Wilson. points this past year. I know, but that's it. Look, it's it's not great. It's not horrible, mm-hmm. but I still think there's something there. Yeah, the 65 looks like the anomaly right now. Yeah, it could be, um, but 50's not. Okay, let's talk about the trade bait list. Yep, CNN uh, or TSN rather, CNN. Where am I? Um, put out their trade bait list. Frank Valley is the man in it, um, and some interesting names here. Now Kessel's at the top. He shoots down the deal to go to the Wild. Yeah, uh, because of his limited no move clause, and from Minnesota. I'm sure they're stunned or oh, yeah. happy. Um, any of the names in that deal shock you at all? You know, you look at that, uh, what was reported. I forget. Who was reported? Zucker. Oh, yeah, Zucker. No, I mean, that's... Uh, all right, so we have to look at that Zucker deal now and say Fletch signed him to too long of a term. You mm-hmm. look at what Zucker gave you... They won out from under it. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you look at what Zucker gave you, and those 33 goals was a career year. You could never expect that every yeah. year from him. I don't know why... They would have expected that every year from him. He's going to get you between 20 and 25 goals every year. Yeah. And he's going to score some clutch goals and some game winners, and he's good that way. He's a good skater. He's a good player. But you don't want him for the kind of term he has, so now he is hard to trade. Yeah. So that, that's something that's a little bit on Fletch, and you have to worry about maybe on the Flyers' end. But Well, I'll tell you, in the right situation, Phil Kessel, with a $6.8 million cap hit because the retention of some of the money – in Toronto is pretty enticing because he's going to give you 30 goals. It is enticing for someone who needs goal scoring. You could get more out of him goal scoring if you you let him just be... Have him play a top six role? Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I mean, look, he he eats on the power play. Yeah. He eats, period. (laughs) Um, The second name on this list is Jacob Truba. Now, you and I have talked about Jared Spurgeon as your veteran D, and we have talked about Jacob Truba. Which direction are you going in if you're pulling the strings for the Flyers? I think I'm going to go Jarrett Spurgeon because 
ultimately, I don't think he's going to ask for as much as Truba. Truba's been hard to sign his whole career, mm-hmm. and there's no reason that it's going to be any easier here now. Kurt Overhart has multiple and has had a lot of flyers come through here yep. and signed. I get that. But Truba's a different one. And yeah. the, and he's he, a different animal. There's no is. doubt you're right. And he, and he was hard for Winnipeg, and maybe they want to play Winnipeg. I get it. But I still think secretly he wants to play for Detroit. Now with Eiserman there, that's going to be, I think, his number one target. So He's going to do whatever he can to become a UFA. It wouldn't shock me if he, at some point, they don't trade him before he could say it. We'll do what Carlson did and say, hey, uh, no matter what happens this year, I'm going UFA. Okay. But he's, very interesting. But he's probably trying to give Winnipeg time to trade him before he makes an announcement yeah, like before that. before he makes that proclamation. Yeah. Um, a couple other interesting names uh, on the list here. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev has asked for a trade. Kyle Dubas is capitulating. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like he'll be out of Toronto. There was another day. Yeah, they, they're in I trouble. Mean, Jake Gardner. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to have to re-sign Hainsey, who's ancient? Well, yeah. You have to at this point. They have to at this but point. But you still got to fill out the rest of your decor for a team that has to move forward. Well, all right. Again, we don't know what the reason is. And Travis Hamannick gave a similar thing to the Islanders, and he didn't get traded right away. Mm-hmm. If the right deal doesn't come up, Zaitsev won't get traded. Yeah, I mean that's just the way it is. It's like, hey, kid, hey, it's like, hey, man, we're going to try for we're you, but try, we're not making a guarantee. But, yeah, because we're not, not taking a bad deal. We're not taking a loss on this. We actually do need you, mm-hmm. so you might have to figure this out on your own. Yeah. Well, here's the deal too. Trading with Toronto, though, you're already in an advantageous position if you're willing to give up D. Because you know, especially if Zaitsev does leave, right? You got them over a barrel. They need defensive bodies that are NHL capable. They do, but they still have great offensive players that will mm-hmm. get you to. Yeah, but not that's not going to win in the playoffs. Uh, and it's about cutting to the second round at least for this team and, and Mike Babcock. I think there's a few teams that. Well, all right. Well, actually, if if there was another Nazem Kadri on on the Leafs, that would have helped them in the playoffs. I think. Mm-hmm. And I well, think spent it two years in a row like a bonehead. Yeah, and and I think there's also other teams that if they had that type, it would help them in the playoffs. So I don't fully agree with you. I get what okay. you're saying though. I, mm-hmm. I get the tone of it. Yeah, I mean to me, you got to have big strong D yes. to have success in the playoffs. You do, especially to come out of that. Division. It doesn't even have to be big strong. I don't even. You have to have some of that. Mm-hmm. You just have to have very good puck moving. It has to get out of your end quickly, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, absolutely. You got to transition back to yes. PK Subban on the list. That shock you at all? No. Yeah, he's got to be. Go- Somebody's got to go. Yeah, I mean. Again, I think it'll come down to let's see what Yossi wants to make because yeah. if he wants to off if he wants to get his full market value, mm-hmm. I don't know if Nashville can give it to him. Okay. So that's going to be one where then PK comes off the list and maybe Yossi goes on the list. We'll yeah. see. Um, I'm just looking here at some of the other names. Yep. Artemi Panarin's on. That's a right to negotiate. He's at 16. Nobody is doing that except see maybe the Rangers would would do that just yeah. to kind of see where they stand Six with them. Pick, you know. Yeah. They might do that. I don't think anybody else is going to do that with them. You do that so you can plan early. Yes. That's it. That's all you would do it for. Um, And the 25th name on the list was actually Mitch Marner. Doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Are you still no offer sheet, Russ Cohen? Zero offer sheets. (laughs) Zero. When we start up, whenever this goes into a mini hiatus, if it does, we might go all summer. Who the hell knows? And then we start up the season again. You can remind me how many offer sheets there were. And how many were there last year? None. Mm-hmm. Most years. Most years. None. <laughs> I know of two by one team. And that would be to Ryan Kessler yeah. and Shea Weber. Yeah. Neither worked. But They should be happy the one for Kessler didn't work. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's got to be done, right? He's done. He's got to be done. With the hips, yeah. I mean, just come on, dude. 
you want to walk the rest of your life yeah. enough. I know you're a competitor. Yeah, yeah. Thing. He's a great guy, but yeah. Does Shea Weber send a nice Christmas card to Paul Holmgren? Sure, he gave him a raise. Yes, he did. <laughs> Made him a very rich everybody, man. Everybody got into their pockets and went and broke their piggy banks to keep him in Nashville yep. at the time. He almost got an ownership stake. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the Twitter questions. And we start out with, oh, I love this guy, uh, Gary Holland. Boston Gary. Now, he's a Flyer fan. He's a Philadelphia sports fan. And he's embedded amongst the New England. That's a tough one, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, he said, what's the biggest move in the offseason for the Flyers? Sniper and giving up a ton to get him or a top two D-man? Honestly, I think it's the D-man because I still think, I know this is not popular, I still think they're going to look for that sniper in the draft. And even though that person, that player won't play this year, they'll play either the year after or the year after that. That's how you get snipers. Cole Caulfield slips. Yeah. You, if you pay for a sniper, you're, pay paying, you're paying through the nose. You are better off drafting that guy like a Caulfield, like Vasily Pudkholz. And either one of those guys, either one of them make it to a point where you believe you can get them, you get them and you worry about the rest well, later. Well, yeah, it leads me to the question is, who are the snipers that are available via UFA? Well, we would call Panarin a sniper, for yeah. sure. But other so, than that, I'm going, is eh, it really a pure goal scorer? No. So I mean Kessel in a trade, yeah. But at thirty-two, I'm not going to. Well, but he is still a sniper. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Panarin will be the He'd guy. He'd score on you. You're just saying, well, yeah, yeah, that yeah. I ain't saying much. <laughs> um, so, by the way, I have to tell a story before okay. we get out of here today about a guy that's in the uh, Tampa farm system. Um, but no, he, he's Panarin's the guy. But what's he going to command on this open market if the Rangers are involved? If Florida's involved? Yeah. Uh, is he getting eleven and a half? Over seven? He's getting somewhere between ten and a half and eleven and a half yeah. over seven. If you go to Florida, you go, oh, maybe you'll take a discount because of the state tax. Well, no. no. I'll, just, I'll just take the eleven and a half and I'll keep the money. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe the more likely thing here to me is the top two D-man because there's more of flexibility of players to be able to, to get one. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, JC says, uh, who would be five players who would be the most fitting targets for the Flyers should they stay at eleven? You responded and said, I'll give you three. Five, that's a little much. Uh, <laughs> well, five was greedy, man. Yeah. It's like, come on. It's like, do you want to give you the whole draft? Yeah. Um, so give me the three at number 11. At number 11. All right. So for whatever reason now, and I, I think I know the reason because Pat Colson talked about it at, at the Combine, he is signed for two more years in the KHL. Mm-hmm. So initially he was thought to go anywhere from three to, to five. But there are some teams that don't want to deal with the KHL. And waiting because mm-hmm. there's still no guarantee after those two years, even though he says he's going to develop there, then come to the NHL, you know, he could stay longer. Yep. There's no guarantee. So that is going to drop him a bit. And I think as the draft progresses and momentum starts happening, it's a possibility he falls to them because, you know what? These teams say, but look, this guy's here. Do we want to deal with that? And then all of a sudden, maybe, you know, yep. right around 11, he comes up for the Flyers. So that's one guy. Okay. Another guy could be. I'm going to say Kirby Doc. I think out of the big centermen, I think he could be one that maybe gets lost in the shuffle. It seems like other guys like Cousins and such have more, and even Zegras might be shooting up the charts. So maybe Doc takes a little bit of a fall. Mm-hmm. It would be a little bit of a fall for him to be there. But And look, he's got great hands. He's big. He's 6'4". Uh, I just, there is a little something in his game that needs refining. Plus, he's 198 pounds. So, you know, he's going to take a while to mm-hmm. get built up. Maybe he is that other guy. 
Then the other one would be a defenseman. I know Flyers fans don't want to hear about that. Yeah. But when Chuck told us he was looking for either a goal scorer or really like a goal scoring, he didn't say he wouldn't be a defenseman, just a player. Yeah. It could be a defenseman. So there's Cam York. Cam York for the NTDP is terrific. Like yeah. this guy, most people only talk about his offense, but he really is a great 200 foot defenseman. Mm-hmm. He has worked on it a lot this year and he has come around. His puck retrieval is very good. So Cam York could be that guy. Uh, you could get Victor Soderstrom there potentially. I mean, he's probably gone by then, but he's a really, he's a guy playing in the SHL already. He's 5'11, so he's not the biggest Swedish defenseman, but boy, could he can move the puck what, and shoot is he the puck. in the tier two league in the Swedish league? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. And so, but he's done very well for himself, so that's another guy. And then um, I also, I like Moritz Seider, and I spoke to Shell Samuelson a little bit about him, was telling him about him. Big German center. Now, he has a contract with Mannheim, but I don't know if the DEL contracts are that ironclad that you can't get out of it and There's play. There's probably an out. There's probably an out, and I think he could play in the NHL right away. Wow. Okay. So that's another. He's got that body. He does have that wow. body, and he won Rookie of the Year, and he played against men. I know two guys that that's gave me intel on him that cover Mannheim all year long. He could play as a rookie on this team with this young defense core. Wow. Well, but you, if you listen to this guy, he's so mature, mm. and if you look at him, he's got a great shot. Shot, great mobility. If you saw him in the World Championships or yeah. even before then in international play, he's really good. So he could potentially be a backup plan for the Flyers. Like, hey, things aren't going great in free agency for defense. Let's get this kid. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. yeah interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to John Brodo's question here on Twitter. He has two, actually. Um, so let's attack them separately. Number one, are the Flyers comfortable with Hart as the clear starter? And by the way, I gave him four. On yeah, that. I know. fell one short of his five ask, but still, you did a good job. More than you should have. <laughs> um, are the Flyers comfortable with Hart as the clear starter, or do they want a 1A, 1B situation? I say re-sign Elliott. All right. Um, I think they are comfortable with Hart as their lock starter. Now, Chuck hasn't said that. He, he hasn't said that. He, he gave us the breakdown yeah. of 50-32. Yeah. Um, I think he's saying that because you don't want to hand it to the kid in Correct. year two, um, even though he's such a mature kid. But I, I think that he is the guy. He is your bell cow, if you will. Yes. Um, so who are the options? He says re-sign Elliott. I'm, I'm, i got to see what the market does for Elliott. I would be in favor of that, by the way. But I don't know that Elliott's ready to transition to that role. Oh, I think he's already in that role, to be you, honest. You think that there's I not a chance he could find a starting job? No. Okay. Well, he's not going back to Calgary. Right. <laughs> Where he's been a year. There's very few of them, and I don't think he'll get one of them. Okay. I just don't. I think he's going to have to transition into that. I think the problem with the Flyers keeping him in that role is when you call on him. Is he healthy? Is he healthy? But if he's not playing a lot. Well, it doesn't matter. But he's he, a good goalie. He is a good goalie. There's no question yeah. about that. But I underestimate him. If i got to play bit. him five straight because Hart's going through a little bit of a hiccup, which is very possible i got to get five straight out of him. I don't know. I think you can. I don't know. Uh, to me, his only issue is not – It's not. look, he has a clunker. Every goal he does, and no, you can't hide from it. Forget that. But to me, he's a guy that I think in that role would be good. Like almost I think the a Flyers, young, much younger version of McElhenney. Okay, but I think the Flyers went out of their way to say none of this is physical with Elliott, but it does turn into physical with Elliott. Yeah. I would stay far, far away from it. I, you had Cam Talbot there. You didn't play him. Resign mm-hmm. him. He stays healthy. He's got a pretty good injury yeah. history. That's a guy who will be ready. He's been in that role already. Yeah. I'm not messing around with I that. I talked to Brian Boucher about him. Yeah. Um, was texting with him. And he said, Talbot just needs somebody to believe in him again. And yeah. He'll be fine. He's perfect for Oh, him. yeah. 
Um, there's some other options out there. You look at like a Ryan Miller, an Antti Niemi. I don't know if Miller would want to be here only because he likes the West Coast. Mm-hmm. His wife is from there. That's the only problem with Miller. Niemi, forget it. Yeah. If, if he's a bell cow, go out and shoot him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other part of John's question was, which prospect or prospects do you see having a solid camp and a push to make the team? Now, there's a lot of chatter lately and a lot of people saying three guys. Isaac Ratcliffe, and we know what he did with Guelph in the Memorial Cup. It's great. A great year. He needs to start in the AHL, yes. period. Um, the other guy is Joel Farabee, and we know what he did with BU. Yes. Farabee, it depends how built up he looks, how much stronger he He's gets. He's still going to the end. Most likely, yes. But it, yeah. but it all depends on that. Mm-hmm. It does. Is he going to win a job out of camp? I mean, he has abilities that the coaches will look at and say, wow, you know what? His shot is better than half the guys on this team, if yeah. not more. But there's all these other things that they – and mm-hmm. speed. But they're going to say, you know what? we got to fall on the side of being safe here. All right. And let's, lastly, let's go to the one that we feel is most likely, at least I do, Morgan Frost. I can't say most likely. He's another one I need to you see. You think that Farabee's more likely? Well, Farabee has been – his body is a little bit closer mm-hmm. to what he will be in the future than I think what Frost is. Okay. Frost is still sort of in – got to see what he comes in this Almost that like. skinny-ish stage. I know he came in like five to seven better last yeah. year. And it was muscle. It was, but it wasn't enough. If you yeah. saw, like, you in, saw him get worked off the puck in the he corners. He did and stuff. in the yeah. corner play. It was so. Playing with men is different. If that is cured, yes, Morgan Frost has an excellent chance. If not, yeah, Farabee could be ahead of him simply because his body is ahead of Frost's right okay. now. Doesn't mean he's a better player because he's not. Very interesting. Okay, I wasn't expecting that answer. Out of you. I know. Um, another uh, dag here says that the Flyers close to trading for Truba. What are you hearing in terms of what they would have to give up to get him? And for an extension. Okay. What would you have to give up to get him? Uh, it would probably be Gostaspir or Sandheim. Well, let's, let's make the assumption they're going to sign him. Right. Because that obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. price. Um, and that would be known before. Right. So, okay. So it's Gostaspir or Sandheim. Right. One or the other, depending okay. on what other component goes in this deal. A draft pick. Is it 11? No. I don't think it has to be 11. Okay. I mean, it could be. Maybe it could be a first next year at the Flyers say, you know, there's someone we really like now. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, locked in at eleven too. That's attractive. Yeah, because you may be an improving team. I mean, be eighteen. Look, if it's just Gostaspir and the eleven, fine. Okay, I'll do that. If it's Sandheim and the eleven, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No. So, so maybe it's Sandheim. Maybe it's a conditional first, knowing that I get him signed and all that for Mm -hmm. next year. Yeah. And then maybe it's one other player. Maybe it's. uh, Let me think. Kyle Connor. I meant on the Flyers' side, but that's a great... <laughs> that's, they're going to have their own trouble signing him. Yeah, no, he's a good RFA. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then some other forward. I, I, I'm, you know, it wouldn't be a guy like Connected. It'd be someone lesser than him. But, Lawton? Yeah, maybe Lawton. Okay. Yeah, Lawton. Would, and that's why I think I thought a of bottom, earlier A bottom six. Yes. Yeah, Somebody who you can player. plug in there that definitely could play. Yep. yep. Okay. That's good. Uh, Flyer fan Phil at PhilGarrett12 on Twitter says, Ghost going to be a Flyer next year? If not... Where could he be going? I think most likely he will be a flyer. I think the term is so good on him for the point production. If you look at his points per dollars, right? If we start breaking down points per dollars for a defenseman, he's still one of the top guys in the league. Mm -hmm. He is. Even at 37 points last year. No, no, you're right. 
He's got a very attractive contract. He does. Especially for a guy that's had a 60-plus point season as a defender. And honestly, is it going to be hard for him I to exceed? I use the term defender uh, very loosely. Yeah. Is it going to be hard for him to exceed 37 under the Vigneault system? No. shouldn't. It no. shouldn't. He probably will get closer to the 60. I think the more disappointing part to me than the 37 was the regression in defensive play. Right. But I think Vigneault will pick that up. I think he, mm-hmm. it was a confidence thing. And I think Vigneault will pick that up. And I think, like I said, I liked Gossett Spear better without Wilson. With Wilson, I wasn't thrilled. I know that was another coach. I know we got into it earlier. I just think, end of the day, Vigneault could have a very good result with him. And at that cap hit, I, I think he's most likely staying. Okay. Not a guarantee, though. Um, good tweet here. And I think I know where you're going to come on. It's uh, uh, the Hockey Voice, 12 and Marlowe, asked this question. Not Patrick Marlowe. Oh, is it like Merlot, like the wine? No, M-A-R-L-O-W-E. Okay. Interesting. Um, he says, with Kako rising up, should the Devils acquire him, I guess draft him, instead of Jack Hughes? Big, fat, no. Yeah, I agree. And, and I'll tell you why. I mean, Kako's a terrific player. He has more of an NHL body today. Again, Jack Hughes is... Possibly going to be one of the ten best guys in the league in when, two years. In two three years, when yeah. the when the rules change and everything else, he's already going to be a terrifying guy to defend even next year, mm-hmm. especially if he plays with Taylor Hall. Yeah. So well, for the one year. Well, I don't know that about that. We don't. Taylor Hall saying he don't want to sign with the Devils. No, no, no. See but that's reports? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got a trade proposal for you. Okay, that's fine. But but the way he works the edges, the way the, again, he was on the road for a month. With the world, with basically playing in his league for the, the NTDP, for yeah, the under 18s and the world championships. Yeah. Kako didn't have to go through that grind. Nice. So, play the world. So, I know it's a recency bias. That's what it's called. And I would stay far, far away from that. And some people still think, well, the Devils are drafting Hughes because of the family tie. Like they know the family. Look, that's not a good enough reason. I'm sorry. And don't marginalize Jack Hughes like that, please. Don't make. Uh, those decisions based on silly things. Right. Um, here's my trade proposal. Taylor Hall doesn't want to re-sign with the Devils. Here's the trade proposal. The number one overall pick, Taylor Hall, back to Edmonton for McDavid. <laughs> I would hang up the phone on you. On which side? On the Edmonton side. <laughs> You're not giving up McDavid for no, anything? for anything. I'm How's hanging that up worked the phone. out for them so far? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's not his fault. But right, let me send uh, uh, a defenseman out there, too. Like Larson, but not Larson because they already have. Him. Fine, you can give me Darnell <laughs> Nurse, and it won't matter. I, I, it's, so if, if I'm giving you, let's say I give you McDavid and Darnell Nurse, and it's Severson and Hall and a first round pick, I'm still not doing it. Yeah, because you're not moving McDavid no matter no. what. Because of all these generational players that come along. And it probably now. wouldn't be Darnell Nurse. I'd probably give you Sakara so I can get rid of his contract. Mm. And by the way, the term generational gets way overused now. It does, uh, although I think Jack Hughes is generational. I do. Do you? I do. So you think he's McDavid-esque? Yeah, I think he... Right, so who's your Mc, uh, generational players? McDavid, Matthews, Hughes. See, too many. It's not generational if you have... That is generational. You can go back... Well, you can have Lemieux and Gretz at one time. They were generational. And they were the only ones? Yeah, Eiserman wasn't a generational. I didn't say Eiserman. Who, who else was generational? Nick Lidstrom. Oh, I mean, Nick Lidstrom overlapped. Well, he was generational. Very end of those two. Yeah, well, but, but, at least one of them in Gretzky. Right. Um, Lindros was generational. Yeah, you could argue Lindros was generational. Uh, I mean, honestly, he may have been boring, but Joe Sackick was generational. Nah, I can't give 
Go look at Joe Sackick's numbers. I man. know, but he played on a great team with Peter Forsberg. Oh no, 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 uh, no! Don't even do Adam that. Foot. You have no idea. Adam Marsh, I meant. <laughs> no, man, you have no idea what, how good. No, Joe he, he was a great player, but I can't no, go generational. You're just like, saying. Sid was generational. No, no, yes, and Sid obviously is generational. generational, but. Honestly, I don't throw it around, but... And Ovi, I would go generational, too. Ovi is generational. I mean, he's going to be the, the greatest Russian player ever and one of the greatest players okay. ever. And it's interesting, because out of all those generational players... And I'll give you Sackick for a second. One, two, three, four, five, six hundred point seasons. If you want to say it was the way the league was, he scored 100 points in 07, too. Okay. Okay, I'll give you Sackick. What do all those generational players have in common except one? I don't know. They all have a cup, except for Everett Lindros. Yeah, I think it's fair. You know? And, you know, earlier, obviously, Bobby Orr, guys like that. We didn't oh, yeah. go that Yeah, we're not going to go back that, that far. far. But, yeah, no, you're right. Um, but I think the term does get a little bit overused. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I, I personally... There's so much great talent. I know. Right I'm personally very careful with it. And I know people question me when I said it with Matthews. And I think that's turning out okay. And I know they're questioning me. Not even the leading scorer on his team. Come on, man. Games played. Look, the, the guy that's gonna, that guy that's going to get offer sheeted. Is gonna, he's better than Mitch Marner, scorer. and you know it. Now, Marner may get more points in his career, but tell me all the things that Matthews does. Well, as Marner well. also gets a lot less attention because of a presence like Matthews and a presence like Tavares. Right. Tavares, obviously not generational, no. but very good player. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. We'll do the uh, name that RFA price next week okay. because we're out of time. That's good. And uh, we, we squeezed a lot into episode 49. We did. And I'll tell you what. We'll bring a nice um, iced tea. And we'll cheers next week for episode 50 of the there Stick Hockey Podcast. Um, enjoy the rest of your Are finals. you at least going to buy the iced tea? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just checking. I'm going to put it on the Stick to Hockey credit card. <laughs> <laughs> if that exists. Maybe when we reconvene, too, the cup will be over. There you go. Well, stay tuned and find out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your hockey.